0: Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walk Truth Radio Podcast and Senior Pastor of Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. I always get a question, how do I find you other than Facebook? Well, all you have to do from your smartphone or computer is Google Walk in Truth Radio, Dr. James Sutton. And there will be many platforms to listen to the broadcast from you pick the one that you enjoy we are on every podcast platform if you go to your favorite podcast platform and just search walk in truth radio you'll see the footprint and that's us you can subscribe there or simply google us and listen to the latest broadcast of walk in truth radio where we teach the bible line by line and verse by verse So again, Google Walk in Truth Radio with Dr. James Sutton and look for the icon of the footprint in the sand. Peace.
1: God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church Broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor-teacher Dr. James Sutton. Praise God, amen.
0: Let's get your Bibles you long, preach preachers say it, <laughs> but uh, we are on a time schedule, so I know I won't be before you long, Amen. But I'll be before you long enough to get the word of God in you, Amen. You know, I can understand why. People don't trust God. I really do. I really do. Because the concept of God is skewed. Mm-hmm. The Western society has made God our genie and our cosmic candy man. Mm-hmm. So your relationship to God is a quid pro quo relationship or a work-based relationship. And the title of this sermon is God can't be trusted because dot, dot, dot. Whatever the reasons that society and you have decided not to trust God, you put it because. And normally it's selfishness because what you've done is Arsenio said something that is true. But let's let's how do people really think if I do this, God, you owe me. And when you don't give me what you I want or I believe that I should have, I can't trust you no more. So I got to go out and get it for myself. That's what we get statements like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But see, God tells us in Romans that even though human effort is, is examined, but you have nothing to boast before God. Because there would be no bootstraps to pull up if he took your breath away. But we have this interesting, like I say, relationship with God where we think coming to church, God owes us. We think coming to Bible study, God owes us. And we think because we do certain things and we're good people, God owes us. But the Bible tells us that it's none good, no not one. That means you too, good person. And then what the Bible also, see what we do is we look at other people and say, well, they are righteous or they are good and I watch them get stuff. But have you reduced God just to getting stuff? We do that all the time. He can't be trusted because guess what? I've been doing the same thing you do and I ain't got the stuff you got. I can't trust him. I, I, I have decided to come to your church and join your church, but God's not working in my life like he's working in your life and I'm do, 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 do doing the same thing you're doing. But see, it's the motive that behind what you do that determines whether God receives it or not. If you're doing it to receive from God and you think God owes you because you're doing it, that's the wrong way. But if you're doing it because you love what he's already done for you, same event, same coming and going. But the motives, are, the positioning is different. I'm doing it because I love God because of what He done for me on the cross. You doing it to throw up in God's face and say, Look what I've done. See, so you counting numbers versus counting blood. <laughs> See, I, so you counting how many times, and I'm counting one time on the cross forevermore. That's the difference. In Romans 1, we figured out. That there's none righteous, no not one. There's none to seek after God. That man has decided to worship their creation more than their Creator. Sister Jackie had an interesting discussion about prayer. From somebody who wrote about empath, and everything that that person described as prayer was a work of the flesh. They decided to put the funniest one was even when you cook somebody a meal, that's prayer. That's not prayer. That's cooking somebody a meal. <laughs> See, don't let people twist definitions of words to fit their flesh. Because you've got to carry out the logical conclusion. They say when you hug somebody, that's prayer. No, that's a hug. Because any work of the flesh, you can say, that's God and that's not God. If I punch you in the nose, is that prayer?
2: <laughs>
0: they base prayer on something that you like. Hugs, dinner, Things like that. Those are good things but that's not prayer. Prayer is the communication between the sinner and the saint and a holy God. That's all it is. We don't pray to each other we pray with each other. Because just like I told you about your faith your faith is only as strong as the object it possesses. And I know that's that's, that's a philosophy for y'all that you think about this. And, I, and I've illustrated this many times. If my faith is in this plant. That's the object it possesses. And I can be sincere about having faith in this plant. Right? But can this plant really do anything for me? No. So when the Bible says in Romans chapter 1. That you're going to have. That the people began to have faith in creation. You're having faith in what's created. Not in the God that created it even angels for those of you who talk to angels why are you talking to angels when you got the Holy Spirit inside of you angels are created things aren't they and God never told us to pray to angels matter of fact in Hebrews he said one day you're going to judge the angels and the angels seek to not understand why does God love you so much and you ain't got no power like we do. it's the mystery that angels want to know what is this man that you love him so much? God created us to love him back. And one of the past to loving him back is we have fruit. And fruit only comes from faith. But again, whatever your because is why you can't trust God, I hope to dispel it today. Let's open the Bible to Romans chapter 4. <clears throat> now Paul in Romans chapter 3 and I'm going to give some verses out of chapter 3 in chapter 3 verse 10 to the end of chapter 3 Paul gives a theology of being justified by faith so you're not justified by works you're justified by faith and then in Romans chapter 4 he gives an illustration of of that. See, it's good to tell you the theology, but it's good to use a real person to give you illustration of one who walked by faith. So let me give you some of the passages in three. It says Romans three ten. It says, at it is written, none is righteous, no, not one." So when you talk about good people, realize there's a difference between relatively good people who we look at that are good people and holiness. The Bible says there's none righteous. Your grandma wasn't righteous. Yeah. Your sister sitting next to you is not righteous. Not in their own right. right. Meaning not in their own flesh. There are none righteous. No, not one. You got to accept that. If you can't accept that, you have to repent. Okay. The first thing you got to repent for is the fact that you're not righteous. And God requires by the law that we be holy. And righteous, but since you can't be, the question is, Pastor. Well, how can I? How can I do it? You can't. That's the great part about this. You can't. But he did. Romans three twenty three says, "For all have what sin and fall short of the what glory of God." Twenty four says, "And are justified." Now pay attention. Romans three twenty four, and are justified. By his grace as a what? Gift. You are made right with God by a gift. A gift you don't work for. So when you got these people running around tomorrow obeying laws and we ran into at the nursing home. This is, what, this is the passage I wanted to get to and show this person. We are justified by grace. Which is a gift. And a gift you don't work for. So you're not righteous, but God's going to justify you because he's so gracious. And he gives you a gift. And the gift of grace is something that you will always be but you can unpack it for the rest of your life. How gracious God is. There's the natural grace, which we call the natural grace. The grace that you wake up every day. The grace that you breathe in. The grace that you walk in. But then there's that grace that God gives you once you get saved that surpasses your understanding because then you look back at your not being good, not being righteous, no, not one. And you say, well, God, you held me even when I wasn't righteous and in you. But you're justified by grace through faith, which you're saved, which is not a, is a free gift Ephesians. It's not by you, it's by him. So the question is, if it's by him, why don't you trust him? Because you want to work for him your intrinsic thing is to work for the grace and the mercy of God and God is saying what you do is not good enough but I'm willing to give you imputed righteousness if you would just believe believe in what pastor believe in the finished work of Christ on the cross some of you are going through life not understanding it stops and starts there the gospel is the power unto salvation that's what the bible says so why are you not willing to tap into the power? Because in your flesh, and John has said it all, men prefer darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Your preface is to walk in the dark shadows of works and religion. You tear in for a God that says, I'm as close as my word to you. You don't need an external experience for God. You need a heart change and a renewed mind on the inside You the church, not this building. So wherever you step, you the church, you represent God. And you don't need to out. Mm -hmm. Come on in, come on in. What you mean? Mm -hmm. He already me inside of you. Mm -hmm. You should be a a fan of flames of your gift. That's inside of you. But see, those who are religious tell you, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to stand a certain way. You got to wear some (laughs) church clothes. You got to do this. You got to do that. All of that is fine, but what about the heart that's performing it? Since none is righteous, no not one, and men prefer darkness rather than light, isn't it easy for me just put like the girl? did, She put up. She, she said, "I should. She should prophesy with head covering." That's in Corinthians, right? She went and put a jacket on her head. Now, think about this: is that the proper thing that's supposedly put on your head? If that's what you want to do, no. You mean you put anything in your head, your head is covered? So you sit there with a jacket on your head trying to repeat what I know in the Bible. To me. You look like a fool. Religion makes you a fool because religion is about making you like trained animals. You just come and do and go and all of that stuff. But the heart behind it. You can do all the religious activity, you want, But if your heart is not right, then God doesn't receive it. But if you want to do religion, walk the truth has traditions. But we don't raise, raise the tradition of man of what we do above God's word. He says, I exalt my word above my name. So if you want to know God, know his word. You don't need no book about the book. Learn the book. That's how they get you. Do y'all know most of these pastors don't write their own book? They got ghostwriters. They ain't got time to be doing five books a year and preaching. It's impossible. They got ghostwriters that they pay to be quiet. I said, I call them a ghostwriter. You don't know who they are. And they get paid real well to shut up. But my thing is, get into a Bible teaching church that's going to teach you the word of God. Because if it's the power unto salvation, then it's the power you need to go through life. Karen is growing because what I see in her exaltation is the word of God. Now I notice she want to bring the Bible up here before she exalts. She wasn't doing that at first, but she know the power of the word of God. I understand you got busy lives, but you don't trust God because you don't know him. I get it. Because I don't know him. Because everything don't go right. Because I can't touch feel, smell him. I don't trust nothing that I can't touch. But God is a spirit. Even though the Bible describes him having hands, that's for your benefit, not for his. Even though your hands gather and do things, his hands do the same thing, but they're invisible. And his hands are hands of truth. His hands are hands of love. But because we can't trust God, we have this attitude towards God, again, of works. We got to work. Let's read chapter 4, verse 1 through 8.
1: What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, mm-hmm. our forefather, according to the flesh? Mm-hmm. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was
0: counted to him as righteousness. Stop right there. So in 3, he gives us a theology. And 4 he gives us an example and he starts off with works of our father Abraham who trusted God who saw that <clears throat> that trusted God it was afforded to him as righteousness and Hebrews 24, uh, two, and two, 2 and 4 tells us he trusted God and went out on faith when did Abraham trust God? when he was called from the Chaldeans when God told him that he was going go to a land he didn't know become the father of people See, he had no children and that he would offer up Isaac and believe that he would get him back. Abraham trusted God all along the way. Now we know the story of Abraham. Abraham wasn't perfect. But Abraham trusted God. See, God doesn't require that perfection that you think that a man does. God said, just trust me and I'll see you through it and you'll learn to grow. See, Abraham had to grow. And you know how long it took Abraham to come to the fulfillment of understanding trusting God? 99 years. In the 99th year, he he received the seal of circumcision. That's what God wanted to show him and set him apart and sanctify him. Romans 3:27 tells us the same thing. It tells us 3:27 and 3:28 tells us about him. It says, "For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works." of the law. See, when Abraham walked the earth, there was no law. And the Bible says, whereas there's no law, there's no transgression. And then the Bible also tells us that once the law was recognized, Paul said, once I saw the law, I smoothed that I coveted. See, the law is something that points out the fact that you can't keep it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If they, if you can keep it, there would be no reason for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The laws that's on the book of America is because we will do those things. Not because we won't. Because if we wouldn't do them, there'd be no reason to have a law against it. Any prohibition you can think of, any time you say don't, it's because you do.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: when you're a kid, don't eat all that food on your plate. Don't, don't eat so fast. Why? Because you eat fast. Don't eat all the desserts spoil your dinner. Why? Because you eat those desserts. 35, you You're doing 55. But because your proclivity is to be a lawbreaker that's your natural proclivity so you couldn't be the perfect sacrifice you couldn't be the one without something happening but Abraham is a natural person we look at to see how he was a counter righteous and simply put he trusted God <coughs> not based upon him receiving based upon what God was telling him to do The first thing he told him to do is walk by faith and not by sight that's where we get that from. Abraham was the first one that was called out by God to walk by faith and not by sight. He trusted God. So the question is, if Abraham walked by faith and not by sight, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. How much more being a child of God and, a, and a, a person who has received Christ? How much more should we walk by faith and not by sight? Abraham was before Christ. We are looking after Christ. And Paul is saying in a theology in chapter three, you have an example of a man who walked and didn't know Christ. But he trusted God. Abraham would have loved to see the sacrifice. Abraham would have loved to see what came after. Abraham knew nothing about the church. Abraham was promised land and he was promised a nation and he didn't know how God was going to do it. But he trusted God. And that's what we roll on, saints. We roll on the fact that we don't know where we're going, how we're going to get there, and who's going to supply our needs. But we know one thing, God will. And he's able. He can do exceedingly above all we can ask, think or imagine. And the power lies within us. See, the, the key is you got to search yourself and search the God in you through scripture and say, you know what? I can walk by faith. I don't have to see it all, God. I trust you because you're a good God. I trust you because you've been that good to me. I'm not counting on what I do. I count on what you've done. God has proven himself over and over in your life and some of you still don't give Him praise until you come to church. You should wake up with a praise on your mouth. And a prayer in your heart. Because God is doing it. So it was accounted to Abraham as righteous because he trusted God. On three major occasions he trusted God. He didn't know. He's like, he, he even his wife even chuckled when the angel came to visit him and said, you still gonna have that son I promise you. What you mean? I'm 99 years old.
2: I'm almost 100 years
0: old. See she's 98. How, how, how are you gonna do this when our bodies are dead? But see, God doesn't work like man. God doesn't look at the external. He looks at the inside. And even though they were dead in the natural years, when you trust God, you can be young in the spirit. Haven't you seen some old saints that seem to got energy, beyond energy, and they 85, 95, and they still, they walking around spry and their mind is right? You know why? Because they decided to trust God. Mm -hmm. See, you can't limit God to age. If God wants you to, to do something, all you got to do is trust Him. Maybe it didn't come when you thought it was going to come. That's how God works, so He can get the glory.
2: Yeah, that
0: is it. See, if it came when you wanted it to come, then you would take the glory. Okay. And then what happens is you'll tell people how God blessed you, and you want people to start worshiping you because you got this special connection to God. Quit looking at people like they got a connection to God that you can't have. Quit looking at people like that. Oh, you know, they so anointed. Quit saying that. They ain't no more anointed than you. But the problem is you may not be as anointed as as, as you think. You might not be saved. If you ain't saved, you're not anointed. Flat out. Flat out. I mean, you know, you know. But what I'm trying to convince you is it's your faith that God honors in every aspect of your life. And you say, Well, am I just supposed to go out here and do? No, don't be, don't, 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 don't be ignorant about this. God tells us to be wise as servants and generous doves. Don't be foolish in your faith. Don't ask God to bless you for something you ain't prepared to receive. That's why when y'all buy lottery tickets, you ain't won yet. (laughs) I know y'all buy lottery tickets. And you make all these promises what you gonna do for the Lord when you get (laughs) it. But the God knows. That you blow through that money so fast. But God say, what I'm bringing you along is to teach you how to trust me in the little things. and I'll Maybe, just maybe, if God wants to, he can reward you that. But the devil can give you stuff too. The devil can bless you with material stuff. He has that kind of power. And he tricks you with it. But then there's a price to pay for it at the end. Wait on God. The Bible tells us that we should wait on God. But how do I walk by faith and wait on God? Our life is hidden in Christ. What we do is while we wait, we keep walking and God will manifest everything we're supposed to have. While you wait and keep on walking. Some of you think you're waiting on God is sitting still. I'm just going to sit still and wait for God to show. That ain't waiting on God. You think you'll, Think about this. You think the act of sitting still is waiting on God. So, but how can the active city still be waiting on God when walking by faith is waiting on God? So the two don't contradict each other. You just got to understand what it means. If your life is hidden in Christ, the Holy Spirit is always progressive. Why are you waiting for the manifestation of what God wants for your life and your prayers? Because the prayers of the righteous, what? Avail much. You got to keep on moving by faith. Paul moved by faith. When Paul wanted to go back east, try to go there, he said the Holy Spirit stopped him. When he wanted to go north, the Holy Spirit stopped him. When he wanted to go uh, south, the Holy Spirit stopped him. It's only until he started moving west, which is how the Bible traveled into Europe, that that door opened for him. And he ended up in Rome. He'd already established his churches in Asia Minor. And that's how you got to move, saints. You got to keep moving by faith. You got to keep walking by faith. Go ahead, keep reading down eight. Now,
1: to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. Mm -hmm. And to the one who does not work, but believes in but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Stop
0: right there. So now we have what I've been talking about. Works versus faith. This whole chapter four is about Works versus faith, religion versus faith, and be doing the things under your own power. So when you go to work, you expect a check, right? And if they didn't give you your check, you'd be mad, right? So if my relationship with God is like a work, then when I do this stuff, the religious stuff or whatever I do, I expect God to what? Give me something. But that is not how it works. And that's not how Abraham dealt with God. Because Abraham's faith was what God honored not his movement in works. So I'm trying to give you an example that, yeah, you may do good works. The Bible tells us we're saved unto doing good works, but we're saved unto doing good works. God still don't owe you nothing. Genesis 15 and 6 says, and he believed the Lord and he counted it to him. As righteousness. Abraham believed, Lord, and he counted him as righteous. All that, that, that Paul is doing is recreating what happened with Abraham. But he understands that your natural proclivity to work and gain from God is imminent in your life. You have to not do that. You don't know have to go there. Okay, read, start uh, 4 and 5. 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. Now to the one who works. Mm-hmm. His
1: wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as un I mean, as righteousness. Mm-hmm. Just as David also speaks of the blessings
0: of the one of the one to whom God <laughs> counts righteousness. Okay. Apart from works. Apart from what? So David, now he goes back to scripture now. He don't use Abraham, he used David. Don't you know those are the two most important people in the Bible to a Jew? He used the father Abraham and he used King David. And he said, even David understood, blessed is the man who doesn't get his iniquity counted against him. That's Psalms 32. See, scripture proves scripture. See, blessed is the man who God doesn't count his iniquity and sins against him. How can God do that and be a just God? Because the person who paid for it is Jesus Christ. See, your righteousness is not one that you make. It's imputed. It's given to you as a gift. Your righteousness is a gift. It's called imputation, meaning God looks at Jesus and then sees you. His son is righteous. So when your life is hidden in him, he sees you complete in Christ. Done. He don't see you going through the struggle. There's no reason because the struggle conforms you to his image. The Bible says we must suffer for whose sake? His sake, Who sake? Christ's sake. To be like Christ is to suffer through this world. Until we are conforming to his image. It's not the good things that conform you. It's the tough times that conform you. But God has promised to get you through. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm just telling you. God has always promised to get you through. God has always promised to get you through. But it's by faith that he gets you through. It's not by works. It's by faith. And the faith is not a, a thing that you work for. It's the gift that God gives you for those who are saved. You can't earn his grace. You can't earn his righteousness. Quit trying to work and prove something to God. Some of you in this congregation are still trying to work. Not many. Just a few. You're trying to work. You're trying to, you, And it comes out in many different ways. But you don't have to. Ananias and Sapphira is a story of they wanted to be like everybody else because they saw everybody else giving, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they saw everybody else giving all that they had. They had some land. They sold the land. They got more than they thought they was going to get for the land. So they're going to give what they thought they was going to get and not give all. But they wanted to be like everybody else. When you make a commitment to do what everybody else is doing, regardless of what it is, that's between you and God. Mm-hmm. But what did Peter say when they came to him? He said, it was yours. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. Your time is your time. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to come to church. Nobody, nobody forces you. You're not impressing God because you walk through the door with a bad heart. You're not impressing God if you come up here and shake my hand. You impress God because you give your life to Him and you're being converted by Him through His Word. That's how you impress God. And God is always on time so you don't have to do this thing Was I can't trust you because you should say I trust you because. That's good. That's good. Not can't, I trust God. I trust God because you've shown up every time and you showed up. Because yeah. when God is on the scene there's nobody that can stop him. Yeah. And whatever God got for you he got for you. But your delay is that he wants to build the trust. Yeah. God has a lot of good things for you walking through individually, and corporately. And all we got to do is walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. All we got to do is trust God. Keep teaching the word. Put it out there, loving on each other. When I did the interview yesterday, all I did was talk about how our church loves. When a person walked through that door, they feel the love of our church. See, you get the love because we understand the word. It's not the love in the word, it's the word in the love. Because the word says if you don't have love, you don't have anything. So we understand the word. So we have everything because we love. Y'all see how simple this thing works? It's so simple three-year-old can get it. We try to be so mystical. Mysticism just puts a person under another person, not under God. I'm almost done. Romans 5 and 6 says, now watch this. i show you God shows up on time. Romans 5 and 6 says, for a while we were still weak, at the what time? The right time. See, God don't show up always at the right time. When we are still weak, while we were still weak, he showed up at the right time. What are you saying, Pastor? God showed up to save you and give you the gift of salvation when the right time came. You couldn't have got saved one minute or one minute after the time that was right. Your position is that you're on this earth. Was Abraham saved while he was in church? No, he was saved when he was in the desert walking like a like a heathen. That's why I tell people coming forward to, 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 to say that you saved you got saved while you were sitting there. You just respond to what the Holy Spirit has already done. Coming forward and shaking the hand and right hand of fellowship that means nothing. How many people have shook your hand and stabbed you in the back? See, no physical act shows that you say, but it's your fruit that we can eat from that proves that you say. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How? Huh? In each other. Living holy is not living holy to God and with God. Living holy is God living through us to each other. My relationship with you should be holy, right? Be ye holy as I am holy. So it's a relationship. So you don't lust after the sisters. The sisters don't lust after the brothers. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We respect boundaries. Living holy is about respecting boundaries, y'all. Don't cross them. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died. No, Pastor died. Christ died. No, your friend that do died. Christ died, Christ died, Christ died. You got to get this in your spirit. Christ died for you. So that you can have this thing called faith. So you can be declared righteous. Christ died for you. And more important, let's say what you really are. Christ died for the ungodly. So Christ didn't die for you while you were still, a, while you was made, while you was perfect and righteous. He died for the ungodly. That's everybody in this room. Jew and Gentile alike, Christ died for the ungodly, which includes you. You think that you was that you would because you went to church, you was godly. Uh uh-uh. uh
2: <laughs>
0: You think you can get because you can give me historical narrative of all the people you've been related to in church. That don't make you holy. That don't make you saved. That just make you. That make you without excuse, actually. Because if you've been in church like you say you've been in church, you got all this tradition that you've been in church. Why haven't it saved you? Why haven't you understood that you got to bow the knee and confess? Before we get to Romans 10, 8 and 10, 9, we got to go through Romans 1 through 9 to get there. So when we say confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, that means something to you because you understand five and, 5 and 6 that he died for the ungodly at the right time. He died for the ungodly at the right time. Then it goes on to talk about 5 and 7 and you need to read that. I am you to read that. But think about this, and I tell people this, and you got to wrap your mind around this. When Christ died on that cross at the right time, <laughs> don't y'all know what was really going on? Do you know, the Bible says that the wrath of God was poured out on Christ. Am I not correct? Y'all, everybody say yes, so y'all don't, must don't know. Read your Bible. The Bible says that the world turned dark black. The sun was darkened as God poured out his wrath on Christ. Don't you know that man cannot handle seeing the wrath of God poured out on Christ? So God loved man enough to block out the sun so he couldn't see it. The wrath, not the chastisement. There's a difference. The wrath. Who was the wrath really towards? So he took the wrath of God and died for the ungodly at the right time. So if the wrath was due to you and it was a time for wrath, then you should have been there. So that was a judgment day that came on the earth. But God took took it for you. Can y'all see that? That day, that moment, that second, God had enough with man and he was going to pour his wrath out on the world. But Jesus took your place. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, when he was sweating blood, he knew he knew that he would have to take it for the team. He knew that he would have to take it for the ungodly. And the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus. The wrath that was due for you. And you don't trust God. You got your own because. But I'm going to tell you. I'm going to leave it out. I trust him.
2: Because
0: I understand what he did on Calvary for me. And I don't understand it completely. But I'm, going, I'm, I'm learning to love it more and more every day. There's no problem that can't be solved by understanding what happened on Calvary. None. When I understand what happened on Calvary, I'm not anxious about anything. When I understand what happened on Calvary, I can sit back and watch y'all do anything because I trust God. The day I stop trusting God for real, this day I need to stop, step down from this cold. I can't do this by my own power. I have to do it by his. Every time I'm up here, I pinch myself. I say, how did I get here but God? So I want to encourage you today. Don't be one who doesn't trust God because be one who trusts God because he's been better to you than you've been to yourself. And when he took the wrath on Calvary, he took the wrath for you and me and everybody that would believe. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that we have imputed righteousness. A righteousness that's not of our own but Lord, it's a righteousness that you gave us on Calvary. It's a righteousness that you gave us for all those who would believe. Lord, it's a righteousness that we surely don't deserve. But Lord, we walked by faith and not by sight. Lord, we trusted you this far and we'll trust you with the rest of our lives. Lord, whether you will or you won't, you still go. And Lord, we have an expectation that through our prayers, And through our obedience to what you've done for us on the cross, not by religion, not by clothing, but by the circumcision of our hearts. That you're changing us and conforming us into your image and that everything that we do and every experience that we have is just an experience to show us. First, how good you are, that the goodness of God should lead us into repentance. Romans two and four. But also, Lord, you've been so good that 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 repentance aligns us back with you. We love you for giving us a gift that can rely on us back to you and we fall short daily. But Lord, repentance brings us right back in line. Lord, continue to teach us how to pray and teach us how to love and teach us the scriptures that will give us encouragement and endurance. And Joshua, he told Joshua to be encouraged and be brave. And we will as long as we can walk with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. The church say. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen.
3: Hello, hello, everyone. This is Tenika Drake from God's Give Through His Word. And I wanted to come over to Pastor Jay, to me, Dr. Sutton, to others, his station, Walk in Truth Radio. And I wanted to share something with you guys This man is a blessing and he has been ever since he's entered into my life. And I wanted to share, if you have the luxury, the opportunity, the blessing to be underneath his teaching, I hope that you understand the kind of teacher and the kind of servant that you have of the Lord that is giving you the word and giving you sound doctrine. You know, for a long time for myself, I have been underneath a lot of poor and bad teaching without sound doctrine. However, when Pastor Jay, Dr. Sutton to some of you, came into my life and had to knock down some of those walls and had to knock down some things, I knew that this was a man I needed to listen to as much as I could absorb all that he had to give I needed to know and he has always been such a blessing to me any questions I had of the word I would ask anything that was taught to me incorrectly I would ask we should not be afraid to ask questions and if once again you have the opportunity to actually sit in the presence of this amazing man as he teaches I hope that you understand how powerful and what a blessing that truly is for him to be able to be in your presence and you can ask him anything and he's there with you and resides in your state. That's a blessing, me all the way in California. I don't have the luxury of actually walking into a Bible study, sitting down and opening my my word with him. I do go to another Bible study. But if you have the opportunity to have a pastor such as himself that teaches sound, good biblical teaching, take advantage of that. You have something very advantageous to you. And if I were you, I would ask questions, dumb or not dumb. Put your hand up because you know what the word says in Proverbs 4, verse 7. It says this, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. If you have a question, ask. Because you know what? So many of us are so busy not wanting to ask for the fear of looking stupid. However, we will take what the scriptures do not say, and we'll twist around what has been given to us and say that's biblical and scriptural and it's not. So if you have a question, get that understanding for your benefit. So that when you're giving out the word, you're giving out sound doctrine, you're giving out biblical truths, you're giving out things that are scriptural. And you won't have to wonder, is this correct? Is this not? Because I have personally, sat underneath candy-coated teaching for many 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 years and it did me a disservice because I thought and figured I had been going to church for my entire life however the teachings that I was under were not good so I want to share with you this is something that is deep in me and hopefully others can understand dr. Sutton pastor Day, to me is a blessing take advantage of the teaching because you know what? Time over time, things will change. And if a change happens, you may or may not have the opportunity to sit underneath his teaching. So while he is with you, while he is there and you have access to him, access his mind, access the teaching, access the biblical principles and the sound doctrine and jump on it, stand on it, Get your foundation. Straighten out any places that are crooked in your mind for the word. And I hope on each and every day that you get a chance to go into Bible study, that you take note that it's good, sound teaching. He is giving you good word. So I'm going to get off of here, but I wanted to share that. Please know this man is sharing and he has so much to give. He has so much to share and is willing to share all kinds of things. So take advantage. I wish I could take more advantage. I don't have the opportunity or luxury. I might have a phone call, but I don't get to see in person, sit, raise my hand and sit within a Bible study underneath him and learn. So you guys who do get to sit underneath him, what a privilege, what a privilege. So do not take your privilege for granted, because just as we know, things over time, after a while, that privilege can leave and can be taken. So while you have it, while the privilege is there, while Dr. Sutton is there giving you all of that nourishment and biblical teaching and word for your spirit to grow so that you can minister to other people, so that you can create disciples, so that you can walk in spirit and in truth, make sure that you take advantage because he is a blessing and he is giving you guys so much. So I, Tanika Drake on God's gift to his word, over in California, just wanna share. I hope that you enjoy his teachings and whatever you can get and whatever you can do to show that you understand and that you're getting that word in your system. Make sure you ask questions. Make sure you know how much of a blessing that you guys have with this amazing pastor. Other people that are podcasters like myself understand what kind of gem he is and what he brings. So I hope you guys understand that as well. If you happen to be underneath Dr. Sutton, what a privilege. So remember to be blessed, motivated, and always inspired to do what God has laid on your heart and get that word from dr sutton get it in your spirit and be happy and content and have the joy of the lord in you as you know you have a good sound teaching pastor not one of these corrupt pastors but a sound teaching pastor that teaches precept by precept concept by concept and line by line verse by verse that's the kind of preachers we need and that's the kind of preacher you have so I, I'm thankful for him to know him as a friend, and I'm thankful for what he's doing. So remember, be blessed, motivated, and inspired, and make sure you ask him tons and tons of questions. Get in that word and don't be afraid. So this is Tinika Drake from God's Gift Through His Word. Just wanted to share my insights on Pastor J. You guys take care.